This podcast is made possible by supporters like you. Mahalo. And by Atlas Insurance Agency, Hawaii's largest professional agency, helping Hawaii navigate insurance solutions since 1929. More at atlasinsurance.com. Aloha my kako. Welcome to a new episode of What School You Went, where we start every conversation with this question. I'm Ron Mizutani, and today we're talking about a day Hawaii will never forget. It is a day that still haunts me to the core. I want to be mindful of our listeners, and today's podcast contains graphic details and may not be suitable for children. Your discretion is advised. On November 2nd, 1999, Byron Uisugi, a service technician, walked into the Xerox building on North Nimitz Highway, where he worked, pulled out a semi-automatic pistol, and opened fire. By the time he was in police custody, seven of his co-workers were dead. The victims, Ford Kanehira, 41 years old, Ronald Kataoka, 50, Ronald Kaomai, 54, Melvin Lee, 58, Peter Mark, 46, John Sakamoto, 36, and 33-year-old Jason Malatiko. I was co-anchoring the morning news with Leslie Wilcox that day at Channel 2. I just left the studio when I heard the horrific call come over the police scanner. Mass shooting at Xerox building, multiple DOAs dead on arrival. I told our assignment editor, Mark Matsunaga, I need to go, and raced out of the newsroom, still in my coat and tie. Photographer Bob Kramer was waiting in the garage with the news car running. A few minutes later, we were in gridlock, stuck in traffic near Zippy's, about a mile away from the Xerox building. I asked Bob to stop. I jumped out of the car and started sprinting to the crime scene. By the time I arrived, veteran photographer George Cabral was already there. He handed me a microphone and said, we're live with New York in 30 seconds. Hurry. I was perspiring profusely, and it felt like my heart was about to jump out of my chest. A New York producer jolted me as a voice shouted in my earpiece. Aloha Hawaii, you're on in five, four, three, two, one, go. I had very little information, so my initial report was very brief. Unfortunately, a few minutes later, I would learn more than I ever wanted to when my cell phone rang. It was one of my childhood friends, Ben Mao, a private investigator. He whispered, Duke, it's Bobo. Balatiko is in there, and it's not good. I froze and stood in shock. Jason Balatiko was a former teammate of ours. He was one heck of an athlete at Farrington High School later in life was a married man and a father of two. Jason came from a great family. Evan Balatiko is the mom of Jason, and I respectfully welcome her to our program today. Aloha, Tia. Hello. Mahalo for being here. Thank you. I appreciate it. 22 years. So long. And I just read that, and it still hurts. It does. How do you cope? Well, you just keep on going because life goes on every day. You know, for many years, it's, it was so hard, but I had two other children. I, at first, I thought I wanted to die, but then I said I have to come continue on for my other two kids. So I kept praying. I kept walking, walking, walking was my only outlet. was really helpful. 
You know, Byron Uesugi worked at Xerox, I think, for 15 years. He was uh, worried he was going to be fired. Had you ever heard of Byron Uesugi before that day? No, never did hear his name and at all. Yet here he was, afraid he was going to get fired. And we later learned in, in the courtroom and all those month of a month-long hearing that he owned a lot of guns. And he even said publicly that he was going to kill people if he was fired. I know you were in the courtroom a lot. Yes. What did you feel when you even heard that he had the potential to do something really horrific? I was very, very angry at first, you know. All during the trial, I went to everyone that I could. My husband couldn't take it, so I went by myself with my daughter-in-law too. And every day I, I looked at him and one day I wanted to kill him. And the next day I said, ah, one of those things. And I looked over at his in-laws or whoever was on his side. I felt so sorry for them because they were there for him, you know. So I just, and then at the end of the trial, that was the worst part when the judge said, you know, say your piece. Boy, I wanted to say so much, but you know, I was, I was a Sunday school teacher. I was a mother. I couldn't say anything. I just, I just let it pass. The other guy that said everything, oh my God, he really put a, a lot of things back on Brian, yeah. He said his whole piece, so I said, let it be. Let him get it off his chest. Well, my son had a lot to say. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what I would have done. You know, I was a reporter during that time too, and I was sitting in the courtroom many days just feeling ill. Um, and I would look at you, and I made me even, my heart even ache more, knowing that, you know, our relationship goes back so many years. Um, he, he claimed, at least he claimed to re- police, that his coworkers harassed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason would never harass anybody. No, he was, he uh, was a joker. He was a joker. Yeah. Um, obviously, a lot was going on in Uesugi's mind. Maybe some of it never even happened, but when you hear stuff like that, especially during the hearing, mm-hmm. again, I don't want to stir up anger, but because you are a woman of peace and and a, and a woman of God and faith, uh, but still, you're human, and that's your boy. Yeah. How did you feel? I felt so sad. I mean, you know, why, why him? And I keep asking God, why, why he's, and then I, you know, I talked to the other wives too, and I said, well, I guess this was his day, and they all looked at me like, no, it isn't. I said, why, he's not here, you know. I just kept talking to myself, wow, why, why, yeah. But, you know, he's not here. That's why Bobo was, when I went to drive to the scene, I was at work. I was working, and I heard the news. And then somebody, the boss's wife called and said, shooting, shooting at Xerox. And then I was working, so I came back, and my manager said, hey, Balatico, uh, not Balatico, but uh, shooting. I didn't, I said, nah, nah, nah. And then Mary called me, my daughter-in-law called me. Ma, he's not answering the phone. I said, no, I think he busy, he busy. They know each other. They never, don't answer, you know what I mean? So a little while later, my niece called me, Auntie, how old Jason? Because they wouldn't give the names. They was only giving the ages. And I said, oh, Jason is 33. Auntie, I think he's one of them. 
And then I said, oh, no. And then my son came. And then um, I go. I went home. I told my husband, I'm going to go. And I got in the car, and I started to drive Jean's, um, Mary's daughter, not sister, jumped in the car with me, and we went. And I knew the back road, so I went to the back road where Costco was. And then as I was approaching, Bobo got me. Pull over, pull over, auntie. And I look at him, and I just cried. He said, well, you never have to say nothing. He said, get out of the car. And then he drove me to the, to the restaurant where we all met. Yeah, it was so, so hard looking at everybody. One of the worst things that hurt me was when my son came, the guy that was right next to my son, he said to my son, if Jason never moved, he wouldn't have died. Oh, that really turned me off because he was right next to, my, to the door to my son, and he came out. He knew Uwesugi, and he was a... I don't want to say anything else, but, you know, he knew it was Sugi. So my son just looked at him, and I, I just didn't say anything. We just waited, waited over there and see all the wives over there. Everybody was so broken up, man. It was really hard. I can only imagine. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, just saying that, if he never moved, I, in my heart, I felt Jason went for the guy with the gun. Because I looked at the graph on the picture, you know, the newspaper and all. Yes. He, where he was sit, sitting or standing, he was talking to Kawamaki or something. He, I know he charged him. Somebody said he was trying to get away. How can he get away? He was going to the door where the gun was. He was I going know, to the gun. I, I know he was trying to get the gun or knock the guy down. Or he was trying to do something. But the gun was way faster than him. And the worst part is it, after he fell, I think he shot him again. That's what the hurting part is. He's serving a life in prison in Arizona at a correctional center in Arizona. Yeah. Um, first degree murder. And uh, he was also, you know, found guilty of second degree murder because he, he shot at others as well. Um, I know the community was, I mean, we'll never forget that day. People would cry out the, the, his family should have known something, or you know, he was a coward. Uh, you should why, why, you know, why do this at this extreme? It was the worst mass shooting in Hawaii history. Yeah, um, I was angry as well because that was my friend in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Bobo said, "Just breathe, bro. You got to do your job." Yeah. And I was outside covering this mass murder, knowing that my childhood friend was in there. It was the worst. Mm-hmm. Day of my professional life. And we couldn't go near, we couldn't get near, we couldn't have, you know, do anything. One of the, one of, I don't know who told us that the last person that didn't get shot was been eight. He saw Uwesugi, you know, when he was by a refrigerator. And he turned around and he ran down the steps. As he was running down the steps, Uwesugi took a shot at him. But the shot hit that uh, electrical outlet, and that what kind of saved his life. Yeah. That's why he has the second degree. Yeah. Attempted murder. Um, life in prison. You know, he took seven lives. You know, yeah. Um, if I had the opportunity, I would. I would like to sit before him. Mm-hmm. And ask him. 
questions, but I don't think I could, truthfully, I don't think I could sit in my chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My daughter would have killed him if she was near him. She was so angry. She was so angry. I told her, get rid of the anger because it hurts more when you get angry, yeah? Thank it's, you for reminding me. You know, uh, Jason had two babies. Yeah. Now they're much older. How are they doing? Oh, they're doing really good now, yeah? Yeah. yeah the daughter, my granddaughter has two girls. Oh, wow. And then my grandson, Jason, he has three, two wow. boys and one girl. So it's really good. I get to babysit sometimes too. <laughs> it's so, yeah. so cute. You know, I, I, I again, I, I don't want to stir anger within you or me again, because <laughs> Lord knows, I that day it was left a scar in me, my heart. Um, but I, when I hear about that, you have five mo'opuna from Jason yeah. and yeah. his offspring, and the the joy they bring you now. Mm-hmm. And, does that help ease some of the pain? Oh, really, really helpful, yeah. yeah. Really. You know, you, you look at the picture and you look at the kids, they all get the resemblance. They all get some part of him. Yeah, yeah. You, you, can I tell you a joke that he did? Of course. You know, he, he told me one story once that when he used to, when him and his friend used to get break, they used to stand on the corner. He used to put a quarter, glue the quarter on the ground, on the sidewalk, and watch how many people try to pick him up. <laughs> when he told me that, I said, oh, you naughty, man. Yeah. He used to do stuff like that. Yes. He was so rascal. He man. was Koloi. Yeah, <laughs> even when we were young, he was Koloi. That's funny. That that sounds like Malatiko. <laughs> That's yeah. why when I like pick up on money, I always think about it. <laughs> <laughs> be careful. Somebody might be watching you, especially if it's one penny or a nickel. At least he put a quarter there. Yeah, but he left great. me with a lot of good memories, though. Yes, he had a lot of good memories. Yeah. He used to chase me, you know, Ma, you like the door price? Yeah, what's the door price? He grabbed the door. Here, Ma. <laughs> you know, shut your face. He called that to me. I said, oh, knock it off. Yeah. He was, you know, he was everything, man. <laughs> he was, he was a, always smiling. Yeah. Always smiling. Never forget that smile. Went on to become a heck of a baseball player at Farrington. Yeah. Uh, and, and just a good guy, good family man. And um, his memory lives on. There's no doubt about it. That, that, that day does not define any of those seven men who died. Yeah. They have all left their own legacies in their own way. Um, it's a day no one will ever forget, including myself, and I know especially you mm-hmm. and the rest of the family. You just hope Hawaii learns from this that if you know somebody has an issue at work yeah. if you know someone has anger issues yeah. at work if you know this individual has weapons yeah speak up yeah say something man say something mm-hmm. intervention I mean Lord knows what could have happened or what couldn't have happened if somebody just said hey you know this guy he's capable of of hurting people because he told people. Yeah. Hopefully, whoever's listening today, if you're, you know of anybody in your work environment who makes you uncomfortable or speaks of anything that drastic, speak up. Speak up so that we can all 
never have to endure something like this again. I know. We've got to be watching ourselves too, yeah, because, you know, I'm very emotional and I'm very hyper. I always got to get hold of myself too sometimes, you know. I, I volunteer a lot and then, watch your voice, okay, I'm going to raise my voice. <laughs> I'm gonna let you guys know. <laughs> I know, I, you know. Uh, before I came here to PBS, I was uh, over at the Hawaii Food Bank, and all of a sudden, one day, I heard this voice, and I said, "I know that lady." <laughs> and I, uh, you know, people like you are heroes in our community. Uh, again, for those in podcast land, Auntie Evelyn volunteers her time at her church and feeds the hungry two to three times a day, right? No, a week. A week. Well, yeah, I just tried a, yeah, a day. A week. <laughs> a week. Yeah. Look at me jumping ahead here. Yeah. You know, you get satisfaction out of that. Oh, yeah. It's very good, you know, because you, when you retire, you, you got to find something to do, yeah. And I'm not into electronics, so I'm into physical work. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you're on the front line, even during this pandemic, and, and I want to thank you for your good work. And um, and thank you for raising such a fine son. You're welcome. <laughs> Jason Balatico, I'll never forget you, my brother. Ford Kanahira, Ronald Kataoka, Ronald Kawamai, Melvin Lee, Peter Mark, John Sakamoto, rest in peace and rest in love. Auntie Evelyn, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Appreciate you being here. Thank you very much. All right, and mahalo nui for all of you out there joining us today. Join us next week as we bring you another episode of What School You Went. Until next time, ahuiho. <laughs> 